You are as old as your spine. That is a really, really powerful uh, concept to understand. And what we're going to be talking today uh, about is that a lot of people are wrapping their spines in cotton wool. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of that comes from really bad advice that people are getting from healthcare uh, professionals. What's up, everyone? In case we haven't met, my name's Rad Burmeister. I'm joined here by Phil White, our resident physiotherapist, and we are Unity Gym, uh, the gym that teaches people how to be strong, flexible, and athletic. If you want to know how we do it, grab one of the free downloads, the Flexibility Blueprint, the Strength Blueprint, or the Nutrition Blueprint, and uh, come and join the UMS Movement Mastermind a group on Facebook, where we record these podcasts live and answer your questions. How are you doing today? I feel very well this is a <clears throat> yeah topic that i really like to talk about because yeah I, I fully agree that you know people can get understandably so worried about um their backs but the best thing you can do for it is is getting um you know strength conditioning and mm. and movement through your spine so yeah i think it's a great thing to talk about yeah I, I agree and and this is i mean i've got a lot of skin in the game for this one because i come from a background of having a really compromised spine and um, you know, I've got spondylolisthesis and a pars defect, and and that was uh, um, something that was they they couldn't tell me if it was an acute injury or a chronic injury or a combination of both because it was diagnosed when I had a really nasty fall in the army and um, got some X-rays and they were like, wow, look at you, you know, L4 and L5, and. Um, yeah, so I've come from a place where I was in a lot of pain to a place where I'm, I'm not in a lot of pain. And what we're going to talk about today is a big part of it. And we see this a lot in Unity Gym. Um, one of our most recent members, Nick, who joined um, just this year, and I think he may have even seen you once or twice, maybe not though. Um, when he came here, he was talking to me about when I showed him how to deadlift. Um, and he said, oh man, I can't deadlift. And I said, why not? And he talked about all these bulging discs and herniated discs and everything that he had and his reasons why. And, and um, through some really basic stuff that we do with people, six months later, he's got this grin on his face as he deadlifts almost body weight now saying that his back's never felt better. And, and that happened in six months, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, and it's a, it's, the back is definitely one of those things that people just treat like it's a you know, entirely, it's totally separate to every other yeah, part of the body. Like yeah. certain rules apply to rehab of, you know, your limbs and every other like and major joints in your body. But then when it comes to the spine, um, yeah, I guess there's sort of this, it's, it's almost like it's not even like it doesn't fit with the rest of the human sort of system. So yeah. uh, I find it a really interesting one and it's understandable. You know, you've got um, some pretty important structures running through your spine. So you do want to be careful with it, obviously. So we're not saying everyone with back pain go out and deadlift, but um, it's so important to understand that, you know, just like we've talked about with every other um, joint and, and structure in the body, there's active and passive structures. And um, your passive structures in this case, your vertebra, your discs, the ligaments that run either side of your spine. And if your muscles aren't strong around it, um, then you're going to be relying on those passive structures. So it means more like it makes it even more clear why it is so important to be strengthening and, and, and moving your, your spine through range. So. Yeah, and it really is um, an interesting thing as well because being a fitness, I've been in the fitness uh, space for 17 years now as a trainer and I've definitely come through a period where it seemed to be the consensus, at least in the in the circles that I was in, that you, know, you, you did have to really brace the spine and if you're lifting weights, <coughs> excuse me, the spine shouldn't, flex or extend or anything it should stay fixed while you you know hinge at the hip and all these 
things and um, I remember when when I started to hear people talk differently and it was a really uh, and it still is it's still a very um, uh, debated issue you know some people are, are firm believers that the you know that loading the spine through flexion meaning if, if you don't understand what that means it's when you curl the spine forward so you lean forward withholding weight in your hands or on the on the back of your shoulders that that's a bad thing um, and then some people say it's a really good thing I'm definitely a firm believer that the right dose is is a very good thing and it's just a matter of choosing the correct load and uh, and figuring out how your body responds to that and in the example of Nick the guy that I gave before um, when he started, uh, we were doing loaded Jefferson curls and I just told him, I said, do it without any weight, but just go through the movement. And from there, he built up to having a, a really strong spine. What do, you, what do you think about that, Phil? Yeah, I think uh, often people sort of have, just like the example yesterday with um, Yanni's mate who went from, you know, thinking that he couldn't run because he couldn't do 7Ks. Like yeah. it's exactly the same um, thing here with where people, you know, think, oh, if, you know, if I can't do a like you know x weight deadlift then i'm i shouldn't be deadlifting and really as you sort of point out with the jefferson curl like it's all just uh, I'm, I'm sure people are probably getting sick of this message who listen to it listen to us often but it, it's just such a key thing you've just got to gradually expose your body to things so yep. when it comes to bending at the spine um starting off unweighted is a great way to go and just getting used to the movements getting like being being able to be kind of relaxed in those positions and or you know as active as you need to be but but comfortable in that position because so much of um, spinal pain comes down to people's perceived threat, um, yep. which is, as we've talked about a lot with pain science, such a key part of, you know, it's it's often you're just, you're so worried about your back that any signal coming out from there is, you know, just getting so um, enhanced that you yep. you feel pain that's not even there. But yeah. <clears throat> it might be related to, you know, a past x-ray that, you, you know, when you've had a, a radiologist or a doctor say just like your pars defect and um spondylolisthesis example where they say oh wow that's really bad yeah. like as soon as you got that in your mind like that yeah. sticks with you and that yeah. really enhances um you know your pain experience so exactly like you said with um it's all about just gradually exposing your body so. yeah yeah i think um a lot of for for a lot of people it comes from like you say a past experience as well but sometimes it can be from you know if you've had a back spasm before or you know something where you get a little bit of inflammation and you feel a little bit of um you know nerve pain it can be something that really debilitates you you know you, yeah. a lot of people have had this experience where they've hurt their back and they've been bedridden for for several days and um, you know, the the back, considering that the neck is, is still part of the spine, so, you know, the back and the neck, if you have something that goes on like that where you get really bad inflammation, it's, there's, it, there's nothing like it elsewhere in the body. Like Yeah, it really, you know, it takes really over, rocks your identity, it takes over, you know, yeah. really controls you. Yeah. Right. And so for a lot of people, um, if they've had that kind of experience, they're so fearful of having it again that they do do what the, what we're saying here which is they wrap their spine in cotton wool and they think no no no, i can't do that i can't do that but what we want to try and get across is that the spine is not as fragile as people think the spine is very very strong and very robust and the and it's, it has to be because if you pick something up like if your arms can carry it or your legs can lift it your spine can take it it's not like the legs can produce all this power but the spine can't like and what we always talk about on on this show is that we want people to understand that the body is designed to be used as a, as a unit like that's what we're talking about when we're talking about exercise selection and you know choosing machines versus you know free weights and things like that and yeah it's it's just a matter of um of understanding load management um but you know, I remember my, my first, the first time I was challenged with this was um, 
uh, when I had thought that the way that you had to deadlift was with a straight spine, and if you did anything else, it was going to be really, really bad. And then I, I was watching Bass and some of the powerlifters where they had this technique where they were deadlifting with a rounded back, and they were just deadlifting insane amounts of weight. And I used to always just fall back on this, oh, well, their spines will be wrecked when they're older. But then when I started learning from people that knew a hell of a lot more about the spine than I do, so Tom Cartwright, our friend who's a chiropractor, who started to uh, learn from someone called Sarah Keyes, who's a physiotherapist who specialized in the, in the spine and in the back. And she started to really challenge what people think about uh, loading the spine and that, it's, that she's actually trying to get across that it's actually essential for spine health to, to load the spine, that it's a really important part of, um, you know, of having a healthy spine. Yeah, so the lifting and deflection is like a bit of a different um, like discussion than loading the spine as generally being a good thing. And I definitely can 100% say that like loading the spine is key, just like with every other part of your body, you've got to give it stimulus to respond and adapt. And that includes, you know, your, your, um, your discs, like a, an appropriate amount of load is the thing that keeps them strong and, um, and full of like the fluid that maintains the, the space in your spine. Um, yeah. And the discussion around loading and deflection is a really interesting one. And, um, yeah, with the guys who do powerlifting, if you watch, um, Bass lift, he's very much, um, you know, got the intention of keeping neutral, but it's okay if it comes like outside yeah. of that. You want to generally, in, with the type of weights that, you know, with maximal weights, avoid going into end range flexion, but certainly a neutral, uh, trying, to main, trying to maintain neutral, but having a slight amount of flexion is, is not going to be an issue at all. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I wouldn't be going into trying to, you know, Jefferson curl the kind of weights they're lifting, but um, certainly. Oh, no, of course <laughs> not. Yeah. But, you know, um, I can't remember the exact numbers on this and maybe you can help me, but I was really amazed to learn how much, let, let's say you're holding a, a bar and you're, you're, you're deadlifting, um, how much more pressure gets put on the vertebra, on the spine from only an inch of forward movement from the bar. So basically moving the bar from its optimal path of being above the center of your feet to, to being an inch forward or even two inches forward, like how much more pressure yeah, that I mean, puts on the... Leverage is a thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, if anyone's done any physics, you can know that any as soon as you start to increase that lever arm, like it's going to massively increase mm. um, the like the load ex exerted at the fulcrum. So, um, I'm not great at physics, so I hope I got those terms right. But um, the principles are like, yeah, basically, if you keep your if the weight doesn't stay at that sort of midline, then it's going to become increasingly more difficult. And you know, I've been that's been one of the things this week. I feel like I've spent more time talking to uh, clients here than anything else is, is just working on deadlift form and really um, trying to help them with their bar path because a, a similar sort of conversation I guess you had with Nick with people saying, oh, you know, like I'm worried about deadlifts for mm. X reasons. And then mm. as soon as I put them into that position, they're suddenly like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, my knees feel better. My back feels better. Like getting the form is so essential to doing this well. And it changes it from being like a, you know, a decent exercise if you, you're a bit sloppy to an excellent exercise for a, and a really safe exercise if you do it right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the best exercises, one of the biggest bang for your yeah, buck I know exercises when, like, out there with One thing I really know, like, so I've had kind of chronic back pain since I was about 12 years old and um, I've really noticed since, like, in the last year particularly, like, going from training here regularly to then, uh, you know, being stuck at home and, and not being able to get the same kind of load through my body um, in a, you know, progressive sort of way. Like my back just started feeling so crappy when I was <laughs> on yep. lockdown, then coming back to the gym again, uh, getting more into um, yep. you know lifting and also a bit more of the mobility stuff, feeling mm. just yeah 
Yeah, 100%. Infinitely better. 100%. Um, so let's have a quick uh, answer a couple of questions on the live stream here. Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Anyone that's watching live, um, give us a little shout out. Uh, let us know your name and where you're watching from so that we can give you a shout out. So Lee Clements is uh, is saying that um, they've had some issues in C4 and C5 a couple of years ago. Uh, can an aged spine mend? I'm going to, um, from, from my understanding, and I was surprised to hear this, but um, because people always talk about, oh, I've got stuffed discs. Um, and like it's a terminal thing and like they never get better. But correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, but I, th- I, uh, I heard that the discs can fully regenerate um, within three years. Is that true? Uh, I'm not 100% on that. I'd have to look. But they do regenerate, it. right? But like the, any, like the, they, the, the thing they, that I want to make really clear is that morphology doesn't equal pain or function. Mm-hmm. So you can have a shitty looking x-ray, but that doesn't mean that you'll be limited anyway. Yep. So that's the thing that people really have to try and like disconnect from is that what things look like will control what you can do and how much pain you feel yep. and like so I don't I kind of even, don't even care if like the discs can mend but yep. you can certainly get to a pain free functional yep. like place yep. with having discs that you know look a bit you know squashed or a bit like you know out of shape or you know having stuff going on in your spine that just you know doesn't look like it does for a like a, a 10 year old mm-hmm. you know person who's just grown up and is you know, got yep. really all new parts. So, the, like, people have this real thing about what things look like, and yeah, morphology does not equal pain or function. Yep. So, you know, we get used to seeing wrinkles on our face and, like, you know, an aging outside of our body, and that's kind of accepted and normal. But then, as soon as people look inside the body, they freak out and think, like, mm. well, it doesn't look mm. like I did when I was, you know, mm. like mm. when yeah. I was twenty. So, I think it's um, Lee. It's a really important um, just mindset to shift there about, like having an aging spine that mends and rather like you have a body that can um you know and a brain improve, that can yep. adapt and, and, and can do all the things you need to do and as you start to move more as you start to um you know get your neck moving nicely and, and loading even through your neck a little bit uh that will give your spine the best um sort of environment to then yep. like have positive adaptations where you keep your bone mineral density, you keep the fluid coming back into the disc, all of those things that ha- um, that stop happening yep. when you deload and like stop exercising yep. and moving. Yeah, look, I'll give you, um, I, Lee, I, I remember hearing this and um, if Phil isn't 100% certain on it, I it must have come from Tom Cartwright, who is a chiropractor. Um, and he, I remember hearing, so again, don't quote me on this, don't take this to the bank, but I remember hearing that discs do regenerate and, you know, um, herniated discs can fully regenerate back to a healthy disc within yeah. three years. And I'm going to tell you just a quick little um, anecdotal story about a friend of mine. Um, his name's Anthony Minocello. He's one of the most highly. Um, accomplished rugby league players in Australia, which for anyone that's overseas, rugby league is one of the two big football codes over here. It's one of the highest impact sports that you could ever do. They don't wear pads and shoulder pads and helmets like they do in gridiron. Um, They pretty much have nothing on um, and they just ram into each other. And he went from being at the top of his game to having um, spinal injuries. And and he told me this and he showed me his x-rays and his MRI reports. Um, the the um, head physio at his um, club ran out on the field one day and told him to get straight off the field because they found this bone fragment that was in that was like a couple of millimeters away from his spinal cord and they were saying like you know you could take one hit and, and get paralyzed from this and basically he showed his x-ray and it was he showed me his x-ray all of the the discs in the vertebra were, were black 
and the surgeon told him that they're meant to be white and what that was showing was a, a real lack of, of uh, circulation and blood flow and he went from that state mm, to change really blood flow into your disc no it's more, okay it's a it's a yeah fluid so what would that be that so help basically me, what, like, why would they look black instead of white well basically if it if the space gets like compressed and closed right down, okay so, okay yeah. so you have to excuse me i don't i can't explain this as well as phil can um I'm, I'm just remembering the story remember i'm a personal trainer not a physio or a doctor but the the point is that he was told you need to stop you need to change careers and do something different and he went and got some different advice he went and started that's how, how i met anthony because he started training with aaron and aaron uh, a friend of mine he got him to change his diet change the way he trained got him to start mobilizing his spine doing doing all things differently um, focused on reducing inflammation and he, he not only did he come back from that but he came back to playing at the highest level that you can play in rugby league and he made what's called the greatest uh, comeback uh, in league uh, of modern times and he was doing um, some targeted neck strengthening work within that wasn't he targeted like, oh my like God, weighted, so much. weighted so neck stuff and that's something that um, people yeah. often like kind of just you know you, you strengthen the rest of your body you do weights for the rest of your body but then for some reason for like you know mm. these really essential muscles that around the head like a lot of people just totally ignore that as yeah. a as a training thing so yeah. um yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, look, I think it's a. Um, we'll get onto Blakely onto your question in just a sec, bro. But you know, the I think it's really important to to point out that you know when it comes to the whole body, including the spine, motion is lotion. So not only do you need to load the spine, load the muscles around the spine um, to create strength like the rest of the body, but you need to create motion in the spine. And when you think that the spine has um, 32 or 33 vertebra, again, that's coming from Tom Cartwright. I, I think the only reason why there's a variance is because of how many are fused down in the sacrum. coccyx, in yeah. the sacrum, yeah. Um, the, so 32 or 33 vertebra, um, th that is a, like if you look at how long the spine is, to have that many joints in it, you want movement in those joints, you know, you really do. Um, so do, should we get on to um, Blakely's question here, Phil? So Phil, Blakely's saying, hey Phil, what about the conventional wisdom that you don't put direct pressure on a disc when foam rolling it? So you mean uh, like avoiding like, going centrally down your spine? I think that's a, what he's saying. I've never heard that mate, before. Yeah, I, like if you had to worry about that, you'd have to worry about sitting on chairs, you'd have to worry about you know yeah. leaning on little yeah. things like it's it's you're not going to cause problems and especially because with when you go into a foam roll you're going into extension and extension is going to be like generally the thing you do for disc pain because often you get like when yep. you haven't um yeah. bulge from uh flexion, like from yeah. flexion you're going to have that kind of posterior bulge and, and extension is generally yeah. like the easing thing for there um you know i yeah, I, I wouldn't really worry about it. Like, you know, yeah, I've so, never so heard that before. I mean, I, I roll uh, on a rumble roller, which has little things yeah. that intentionally push in between. Yeah, your, and your you've, you've got like muscles that are, um, you know, your rectus spinae, either side, your multifidus, your rotatories, your like into, um, into transversary, like all these muscles that then sit around, um, you know, spinous and verte um, the spinous process and the transverse process. And then like deep to that is the spinal cord and then deep to that, is the discs so you're not yep. going to be even and discs like having pressure from the side would be totally fine so yep. yeah I, I wouldn't worry about that yeah like, yeah if I'll you like i wouldn't be getting people to add like you know sit on your hips and your shoulders to get like extra weight sort of yeah, yeah. <laughs> forcing you into it but like i wouldn't that the disc would be wouldn't be your worry there yeah there'd be a whole lot else to worry about there yeah yeah for sure for sure so, and i mean in all honesty um blakely like for me when somebody comes to me with a with a compromised spine or or the 
perception of a compromised spine, one of the first things that I would get anybody to do at the most grassroots level of creating a healthy spine is to lay on a foam roller and go into, you know, flexion and extension on it. Yeah, with spine, spinal rehab, like, um, especially with kind of nerve symptoms, it's, it's often about finding the, like, there's generally an aggravating direction and an easing direction. And, um, like, one of the, the ways in which uh, this... Um, kind of modality of, of treatment came about was uh, this guy who came in to see a physio, um, old bloke, sore back, um, and the physio was like, oh, it was with another client. He's like, okay, go, go lie down on the table and I'll be, I'll be with you in a second. Um, the table was like one of the massage tables with like a face hole was set up for someone to sit on. So the back was raised up. Um, so you'd kind of be, you know, sitting up with your legs out in front. But he saw it and like, you know, this is why I always have to like be really clear with, with my patients about exactly what to do um, because he went and put his face in the hole and then was lying. So he was like face down, but he was like into this massive sort of extension because you can imagine instead of sitting on it, he was yeah. face down into it. And um, the physio came in just like absolutely freaked out thinking, oh no, what do I got? Like, what's this guy done to his spine? He's going to be, you know, in, in all this pain. And then the, the old bloke flips over. He's like, oh. That's the best I've felt in weeks. Like, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, the, the, and then this, this physio developed this whole practice around how to basically find the direction of preference. And, and, mm. and that's a real kind of like cornerstone of, of spinal rehab. So when it comes to um, doing foam roller stuff, extension, like working heavily into extension on the foam rollers can be a really nice way of, of um, yeah, of treat, treatment. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, this, it's, um, it's a it's a really it's something that for me my own personal journey with relieving my back pain the the biggest breakthrough that i had was starting to actually intentionally mobilize the spine and move around and explore um loaded flexion and loaded lateral flexion as well those were um those were big big breakthrough moments for me because it's something that i've just never done before and uh now it, it's i get to the point it just where it makes you so much more resilient because yeah. as we've talked about with every other part of you know um training and rehab like if you expose your body to um you know positions in a kind of progressive and controlled manner, mm -hmm. then it means that you'll be that much more resilient when you do something, you know, unexpected or, uh, you know, outside of the gym context where you may be leaning for your, your kid and you're, um, you know, you're bent over and you're, you're in sort of a combination of spinal, like lateral fl side flexion and forward flexion, mm -hmm. and then loading that position by having to pick up a kid who's, yeah. you know, about to yeah. run onto the road or, you know, you're reaching up behind you to like grab something from a an, from a shelf behind you if all you've ever done is basically sit at a computer and do this then you're yeah. or <laughs> you're if all the exercise you've done and i was about to say or if you're in the gym yeah. and if you're only used to bracing and doing really um you know sagittal plane um which is straightforward movements then it's just going to be a bit of a shock to you when you start to do anything outside of that so by adding in strength and mobility in a controlled progressive manner into a variety and of, of ranges and you're going to be you're going to be resilient yeah yeah absolutely i mean the amount of times that i've heard our members talk about how they've thrown their back out or like when they don't come to the gym for several days and then they come back and ask them what happened and they say man i was just at home and i just bent down and, and picked up a bag yeah. you know and i just went oh like that um yeah and what you just said there is is exactly why it's going on and it's a combination of inflammation as well you know like you, you don't think so 
Well, I, I think, like, information, I think, you know, generally good, like, plays a role in everything. But I think the cornerstone fundamentals is basically, like, ex- like unexpected exposure to yeah. things that you have not mm-hmm. practiced or trained. And, and particularly when, you know, if you've only done gym work and you're only ever, like, doing kind of valsalvic breathing, bracing for a movement, mm-hmm. and then you go and lift something without doing that, then the kind of motor patterns around, like, like bracing and lifting and controlling the, the spine through... Uh, load is just you know it's mm-hmm. not practice it's mm-hmm. not rehearsed and so it, it can cause issues and the thing about with muscle spasms it's usually comes down to um you know overloading just like with every other structure when we talk about what is tightness and and what is sort of yeah. you know knots in your back like in your muscles the same thing happens with your back where if you overload a structure from you know even sitting for a long period of time your erector spinae muscles are doing pretty much like a full day um uh, isometric hold with some of the pressure then going into your, I think it's your annular ligaments, which are the ones that run down your spine to hold like against flexion. So basically, if you are overloading those structures throughout the whole day, then that's going to be, um, you know, a point where you start to get spasm in those muscles. And then when you mm. try and do something else with them, then they like they lock down, they spasm up, um, and keep you from doing any movement. And that's why you get a really stiff back yeah. because your muscles yeah. are like, hey, you know, I've done as much as I can. And so that's why you need to progressively overload them, give them more capacity so that when you, um, they'll be that much more sort of supple and, and, and ready for, you know, things yeah. outside of just general sitting. For me, like the, if I do, you know, we've spoken about the minimum viable workout that we do in a day and the, the goal workout and then the ideal workout. My minimum workout every day is a bit of spine mobility and a little bit of hip mobility and maybe a bit of a squat routine and some like it's basically um you know what we do in this 18 minute stretching routine um but that's that's like if i don't do that for maybe two days my body starts to feel really really crap and i've i've just developed that over the years i've just figured out that those are the things that at least make me feel good um and that's at the end of the day the most important minimum thing that I'm going to do is just to, to make me feel good. You know, I want to feel good in my body. I want to get up. And if I go for a walk, I don't feel like, oh, my God, I feel like I feel yeah, like and crap. The, and the beauty of that stuff is, you know, you don't have to be in a gym to do that. You can do it from anywhere. So, yeah, no, um, it's so pretty good. ideal. It's to so good. So, yeah, look, if you, um, you know, the take homes for today is that the the spine isn't as fragile as people think it is. It is stronger. But it depends where you are on the ladder. You know, for some people, you're going to need to start at a lower point. Of, uh, of exposing yourself to the things we've been talking to, uh, about today. And if you've got any um, any fears, of course, just remember what Phil always says and, and what we uh, completely agree with. Don't take this as medical advice. Go and see a professional if you've got any concerns. Yeah, absolutely. Any and things, concerns. To, things to keep uh, look out for, which is a definite sign that you should go see um, someone is uh, anytime you've got like nerve symptoms down the arms or down your legs, um, so tingling, numbness, shooting pain, burning pain, um, and any change in bladder or bowel control because the nerves, when they pass through your pelvis and hips are actually involved there. So just yep. something to definitely look out for. If you have pain that doesn't go away overnight, uh, if you start getting unexpected weight loss or if you have a you feel dizzy pain, when you look back. Yeah, yes. if you have some, some like anything around yeah, dizziness and headache, um, that kind of stuff related to your back pain. Um, and anytime the pain just like doesn't have a position at all where it feels like, okay. So yep. it's really worth like, I think, uh, you know, if you have back pain at all, it's really good to get some guidance um, from a professional to help you with it. But if they tell you to, like... Wrap totally, yourself in yeah. cotton wool, then... then yeah, maybe get a then, second opinion. Yeah, maybe get a second <laughs> opinion. And, you know, once you... 
like from from my perspective as a trainer, the reason why I would say any of those things that Phil said is I, I just want somebody to go to an expert that that is credible that can say you need more um, looking into this or, or you're okay to do movement. But once you get to that point, man, it's time to start moving. Yeah, you know, motion on. is lotion. Game on. Yeah, and let's uh, you know you, you you like anything else. You you be progressive. You don't like. Um, you know, don't be looking at someone doing a 40 kilo Jefferson curl and thinking, oh my God, I, I'll never be able to do that. Or even worse, I'm going to go and try that. Think to yourself, okay, well, that's somebody that's worked for a while to get there. I might just try that without any weight and then yeah. I'll try it with two kilos and then four kilos and then, you know, and just progressively, gradually overload. So thanks for tuning in, guys. This is a, this is a topic we haven't spoken about for a while and yeah. it is a really, really important one. Um, I might even see, I might give Tom Cartwright, our friend, uh, the chiropractor, a call and see if he can come on this week because I think it'd be, this would be a really good week to get a chiropractor on the show so that we can answer some questions for you. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. And um, we will, yeah, Yanni's saying here, for those of you on the podcast, Yanni's saying progressive overload is, is critical, it's key, and load management is critical. So thanks for tuning in. Um, uh, tune in again uh, for the rest of this week where we will go deeper and deeper into spine health and uh, what you need to do and what you need to not do to make sure that you have a healthy spine. Any questions, get them in and we'll answer them. Uh, of course, ask your questions in the UMS Movement Mastermind on Facebook group, uh, on the Facebook group. If you haven't joined that, go and join it. And um, if you haven't done so yet, go and download one of our um, free blueprints, the Strength Blueprint, Flexibility Blueprint or Nutrition Blueprint. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you again tomorrow. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image. Frequency that's gonna get you there, it's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.